This episode is sponsored by Better Help. What is the first thing that you would do if you had an extra hour in your life? Oh, the first thing I just thought was, oh, I'm going to need more than an hour to fit that stuff in. But I, the fact is, a lot of us spend our lives wishing that we had more time. I know that is for me. That's a big thing, uh, especially as you get older. <laughs> um, and the question, you know, time for what? What would you do? Would it actually make you feel better? What is it that you feel you're missing? In order, you know, that that would make it better. Um, and and one of the ways to sort of help figure out that out is, is therapy. It can help you find out what matters most to you so you can do more of it or focus on what it is that you're spending your time on that that maybe isn't giving you that that sort of fulfilling experience. Um, and it's interesting because a lot of times people talk about therapy or they talk about mental health or they, it's about uh, trauma or it is about, you know, like like a, a great amount of pain or anything. And those things are all very valid and everything. But also, you know, in some ways there's stumbling blocks. Uh, there is sort of a, a, something indefinable that you're having a hard time getting to that maybe is stopping you from feeling as confident as you can, as good as you can. And, you know, therapy uh, is, is one way to go after that. If you are thinking of starting therapy, you can give BetterHelp a try. It is entirely online, is designed to, be, designed to be convenient, flexible, suited to your schedule. You fill out a brief questionnaire, you'll get matched with a licensed therapist. You may switch therapists at any time you like for no additional charge. Learn to make time for what makes you happy with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash iFanboy today to get 10% off your first month. That is BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash iFanboy. You are listening to a special edition iFanboy podcast on The Amazing Spider-Man 2. Whatever a spider can Spins a web any size Catches thieves just like flies Look out, here comes the Spider-Man Hello, welcome to the iFanboy Special Edition Podcast on The Amazing Spider-Man 2. My name is Connor Kilpatrick and I am here as always with Paul Montgomery. Hello. And sitting in this week on iFanboy at the Movies is former iFanboy writer (laughs) Timmy Wood. Thank you, very happy to be here. Wish it was under better circumstances, but I'm still happy to be here. This is going to be an interesting one. So uh, this is the second from the new Sony trilogy, the second Spider-Man. And actually, it's strange. It is exactly 10 years after the second original trilogy. Wow, that makes me feel old. That was 2004 for the last Spider-Man 2. This is The Amazing Spider-Man 2, directed by Mark Webb uh, of 500 Days of Summer fame and of The Amazing Spider-Man fame. <laughs> and uh, It's a Kurtzman and Orchid joint as well i didn't know that yeah Yeah. well they they write every fifth movie i don't know if you're aware of that Mm -hmm. yeah and i've also produced every fourth tv show so so just i sort of lose track of what they're working on but they're busy okay and now they're they're splitting up and it's every 30th uh rock album too right yeah it's harder to catch those they're splitting up though that was only splitting up for the film they're still going to do tv shows together yeah yeah but that means even more stuff you know i think because one of them wants to direct i think that's what's happening anyway Uh, so this is basically the same group of people. I believe they wrote the first one too, didn't they? The same uh, director, same same actors. This is the second. And, and this one basically ticks off not long after. And I was surprised by that. Not long after the first film and this graduation day for for comically old Andrew Garfield and Emma Stone, who are no, <laughs> not anywhere near te- high school students. But uh, we, they get that out of the way pretty quickly. So let's just They did not in. write the first one. I'm sorry. It was James Vanderbilt, Alvin Sargent. See if they're in there anywhere. No, they're oh, not anywhere. Interesting. Okay. Anyways, Steve Cloves. 
So in, for me, this was a tale of two films. Interesting. And I thought there was a really quite good film that Andrew Garfield and Emma Stone and Sally Field was in and sometimes Dane DeHaan was in it. Mm-hmm. And it was a really bad film that Jamie Foxx and Paul Giamatti and also sometimes Jane DeHaan was in, uh, Dane DeHaan was in. And I thought it was really frustrating in that sense because I, I would have been fine with a movie of just Andrew Garfield, Emma Stone as Peter Parker and Gwen Stacy talking mm-hmm. because I thought they were wonderful together. Can I blow your minds? Yeah. I really like this movie. Oh my god! Can I blow your minds? Probably not at all. I hated this movie. Yeah, I know you did. <laughs> we're all we are. We have <laughs> three of, different viewpoints. Someone's gonna. <laughs> but I completely. Let me just say, I completely understand where you're coming from, Connor. And like the stuff that you mentioned as the good movie is the stuff that I really liked about this. No, I, I I loved parts of it. I thought, sure. I think Andrew Garfield is an amazing Spider-Man, if I can use that pun. You can. You may. I think he's a great Spider-Man. He's a great Peter Parker. Um, Even in the bad parts of the movie when he was fighting the Schumacherian villains, which we'll get to in a minute, I thought he was wonderful. I loved the firefighter helmet high-fiving the firefighters afterwards. I thought that was a great great bit. Um, Emma Stone is amazing. And I think it's no wonder that they are in a relationship in real life because they have this crackling chemistry on screen together. They really do. That's what I liked and, about the first one. And Sally Field is, was really good as – and she was good with Andrew Garfield. Um, yeah. And then I thought in the beginning when Jane DeHaan first shows up as, as, as Harry Osborn, his stuff was good until he sort of dis- descended into Schumachery and villainy. And I completely agree with that. My thing is that it didn't bother me as much. Like, like it, the good outweighed the bad for me. The mm-hmm. stuff that the, the chemistry between those two leads and a lot of the you know the the romance sub you know subplot or in, in for a large section of the movie it was you know plot A it right. was the it was the biggest you know part of the totally. movie um, and I think and I think that balance that it's so much a Peter Parker story versus the the Spider Man villain stuff that when that stuff came along it didn't bother me so much mm-hmm. um, but I felt that it was consistent overall in terms of they do they and I did think about the Schumacher Batman stuff uh, when you get into Max Dillon and Timmy. Were you the, did you were you talking about the Edward Nigma kind of? No, but I was never. It, it does seem ex- it was like the same exact uh, uh, character, character as Jim yeah. Carrey from Jim Carrey Batman and, Forever. Right, and then he looked like Mister Freeze and he when he right. turned blue. <laughs> <laughs> That's the Schumacher. That's these, this movie did feel like a weird gumbo of like Schumacher superhero movies the Raimi Spider-Man films like we I feel like the Avengers weed into I feel like it's it felt like a weird mix of all these type of movies maybe that's why it felt so flat for me but I'm I kind of disagree with you guys I'm not a big fan of Andrew Garfield's Spider-Man and not that I think I loved Tobey Maguire's Spider-Man either but mm. I, it's I like that this is a jokey Spider-Man because I think Spider-Man is funny and should be funny. And I think they've written funny things for Spider-Man to say. But for some reason, Garfield always comes off a little flat to me. Uh, and then his scenes with Emma Stone, I think they do have chemistry. But it's it's more of like a, uh, like a little too um, sweet. Too precious. A little too precious for me. Uh, it reminds me of like when your friends are dating and they just first start dating. It's like two people you've been friends with and then they start dating each other. And you're out in public, and they start like doing like doughy eye stuff, and you're just with each other, and, and you're just you've like, oh, seen my God. them how they are with other people, and it's just 
Yeah, it was it's like, an affectation. God. It feels like, or the, get a yeah, room, guys. Yeah, just like, come on, guys, get. A, it just felt too too um, saccharine for me. I guess I have a sweet tooth. I uh, I liked I liked it. I yeah. Well, and I like Emma Stone a lot. I've always liked her a lot, and I I think she's great. And they do have a chemistry. I can't deny that. But um, something like Garfield Spider Man doesn't work for me as much. I, as it I kind of and I understand that, but I I, I think I, I just really like the vulnerability for both of them, and that they're they're so open to that. To it it is an awkward kind of you know flirtation, and you know they they do get very you know sweet with each other, and that can be embarrassing. But I like that they you know put it all out there. Yeah, yeah, and I think if it was a different actor that maybe I liked a little bit more. I probably would feel completely different about it. Well, but, that's ultimately what it comes down to, right? If you don't yeah. buy into the lead of this film, then you're not going to buy into the film. And I get that. I uh, I certainly like this film way more than the first one. I watched, I rewatched the first one for the first time since the theaters the night before seeing this one, mm-hmm. uh, and uh, was so bored that I started doing other things. I, that movie's just so boring. Yeah, um, I watched the first one on a bus uh, <laughs> from DC to New York, yeah. and it was it was a pretty boring. I remember it just being. And that's the thing I kind of felt about this one too is that like that I feel like what I dislike about these two films is I find them very bland to me. They just um, they're not they're not I can't say that they're are te- they're terrible movies because I feel like all the all the players are kind of hitting their marks when they're supposed to and the beats are there but just for some reason it doesn't interest or excite me at all mm-hmm. like the other Spider-Man films did or even like how really bad movies do like. I Ghost Rider is a bad film, but for some reason it's so bad it I it's unpredictable in a sense, you know. Mm-hmm. Whereas a movie like That's... this is very predictable to me, and just I never, never, never got a sense of excitement or danger that I feel like I want to get out of an adventurous uh, Spider-Man movie. I felt that they really upped the comic book set piece kind of stuff. Like I, I, I liked the the standoff. I liked both standoffs. The standoff with Electro and then the one at the end with with Rhino. Yeah. Uh, more than I thought I would. Um, I kind of it by the by the by that point in the movie, uh, I was on board for mech suit robot Rhino. <laughs> I was it it kind of worked for me and bringing in the kid and stuff and um, that really worked. The, the the thing with Electro, I really like slowing down the scene and Spider Man having to work through. Okay, I got to stop her from touching that railing. She's going to yeah. get electrocuted, and you know I've got one web shooter that's broken, one that's going to work. Can I split the streams? You know that kind of thing. And, and I that thought the spider was, action was 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 wonderful. Mm-hmm. I, I think this is a huge step up from the Aramia films, which I didn't really like at all, um, except for the second one. Even at the time, in terms of yeah, even at the time, yeah. Really? Okay. Um, I didn't like. The, I came out of the first one really, really not liking it, and the second one I liked. The third one I hated. Um, sure. That's so funny. I can't. I remember coming out of that first movie being like ecstatic. Like I loved it. That was, I it was part of our age. TV. I think. I think so. Yeah, I was like a. When did that come out? 2001? Yeah. Something like that? So I was still in high school. We were, we were in high school. And- DVD and watching it, like listening to the commentary. I soaked that those first two Raimi films up. So yeah, that's I, thought, also I, thought, probably- see, I think I had the same feeling about Raimi films that you had about this one. I thought the romance yeah. was just cheesy and awful. But uh, So I think it just, maybe it just depends on what kind of style Absolutely. you're looking for. Yeah. I, this is way more my style. Also, as Paul was just mentioning, I thought I think the Spider-Man action in here is so much more impressive and I like the way that they sort of attach the camera to his body as he's swinging yeah. through, the, through the through the streets, and I love the slowing down the action, and seeing how he works his way through. I mean, it's partially his spider powers, but partially also his showing off his brain power, and that this is how he works through the problem. And 
you know, he's he's super smart, so he figures out how to save everybody through a combination of everything. And I think it's just a great depiction great of Spider-Man and what's unique about that character. And mm-hmm. you get all those great moments. Like, I loved seeing him in the, you know, the firefighter hat and knowing the Big John and, and knowing them by name. <laughs> Mike, Big John. Like, I loved that. that I, I really liked that. And I liked, you know, saving the kid and, and the earnestness. And part of this is just Andrew Garfield, um, you know, from things that we've seen, the, the stuff that they've done you know, the, the, the marketing basically of him interacting with kids. And that's a, there's a really great chemistry there. He feels like, uh, you know, a big brother to these kids and, oh, you made this, this turbine. That's great. And fixes it with yeah. a little bit of webbing. And later when you see the kid, he's got the, bl- the blue metal that I, I, you know, I'm a total mark for that. I ate that stuff up. Um, I thought that worked much better than the first film when it was the construction workers who sort of stepped up to help him. And this, I thought it was much more real. Yeah. yeah. Whereas that felt cheesy. The first film, this felt more heartfelt and and authentic. And also Andrew Garfield is saying in, in press interviews that that's sort of their nod to Miles Morales because his mother in that scene is Latino. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, I, I, you know, I think it, it comes down to whether you buy into the core premises of the film and if, you know, yeah. And if you hate Andrew Garfield, then you're in yeah. Trouble. I think latching I, I on just to hate him. I just hate him. <laughs> I think it. it you know, I, I should also. I share a birthday with Andrew Garfield. We were born on the exact same day. Oh my god! And the, and and Max Dillon mentions he's a Leo. We're Leos. It's totally true. <laughs> um, I also I like Andrew Garfield affects a bit of a Queen's accent too. In that he really does sound like he is a kid from the outer boroughs of New York, as opposed to. You know, Toby Maguire. Yeah, I wanted to ask you about that if, if he felt that it was authentic. Cause I mean, it's not hundred percent authentic, but there's a bit of a there is a bit of an accent there. It's it's definitely an intention, something that's important to him. Yeah, you can. He sounds like a kid from Queens more than Toby Maguire or other people who've played Spider-Man before. And I always like that because it's so rarely done with these characters that they actually make them talk differently than than even Chris Evans did a little bit of a Brooklyn accent a little bit in the first Captain America, but. Um, I like that. It just he sounds very authentic. I just love it, and I also love that they're staying away. Like George J. Jonah Jameson is nowhere near. He's mentioned. Mm-hmm. He's seen the emails, but emails. you know, oh, I like that that part. The Mark Webb is, is like, we, we're not going to be able to cast anyone like J.K. Simmons, and we can't think, figure it out. I think when and sorry, I, not that we should always. It's hard to not compare these, but I think really when J.K. Simmons popped up in those first Raimi films, that's when the like solidified. This is a Spider-Man movie. So you're right. Like, there's no way you can top that performance with another Jameson, you know. And as as a, someone who is just every now and then submits photographs to the paper, he probably would not be in the offices right. of the uh, editor in chief cool. ever, you know. Yeah, it, it just it felt like a that's it's like a total freelance situation. You're just emailing each other. That's that's exactly how it would be in 2014. Yeah. Um, let's, let's, let's quickly yeah. recap the story just for sure. if there's people listening who have not seen the film. Um, and we should have given a spoiler warning in the beginning, but we normally do. But So here's, this, here's your spoiler warning. We're going to talk about spoilers. The movie's yes. technically been out for two weeks. All this stuff is on Wikipedia. So, but. Right. So, uh, yeah, spy, so Peter Parker and, and Gwen Stacy graduate high school, but he breaks up with her because he had promised her father at the end of the first film that – that uh, he wasn't going to keep her out of danger. And, and in this film, Dennis Leary earns his easiest paycheck ever by just standing there glowering. <laughs> it works, though. That, that is no, an it, angry it dad. Great, like, it's just kind of like, so today I just stand here? Okay. Uh, he that was really have, inspired casting. He was great, but he just doesn't have to learn any lines, which was wonderful for yeah. him. <laughs> um, 
And uh, so then uh, in the course of his Spider-Man duties, he saves Max Dillon from being run over by a truck. And Max Dillon is, uh, is sort of an unhinged uh, in- electrical engineer at Oscorp. And he has an accident, an electrical accident becomes electro. <laughs> it's bitten by electric eels. It's, it's crazy. It's and it looks eels. like one goes into his, because it, it goes to his POV and electric yeah. eel like studies his face and then goes forward. So it looks like it totally one does. goes inside his mouth or something. Yeah, there's really weird choices in the film, which is why I can't completely, I like. There's some, there's some bizarre, I, it, it, Jamie Foxx and then that character who shows up at Ravenscroft are like in two completely different other movies than Andrew Garfield. Oh, yeah, playing the classic music? Yeah, it's... Um, yeah. Mm-hmm. No, and I, you know, I, so I guess... They have the confrontations. Uh, Oscorp's giant in, uh, electrical engine that powers the city is tapped by Electro for more power. Harry Osborn comes back from exile in boarding school after his father uh, dies, who is a brief cameo by uh, Chris Cooper. Right. And then he takes over the company, but is ousted by evil board members and gets revenge by... And he's also dying of the disease. There's a lot going on. He's also dying of, dying of the disease that killed his father. So in order to, to save himself and get revenge, he takes this serum of spider venom that turns him into the Green Goblin monster, which they seem to love, as opposed to just the guy wearing a suit. The thing uh, that's the thing that's I mean, it's it's ridiculous. But like he has the like I don't know if they're like Bluetooth like things on his ears to make it look like <laughs> his pointed ears, and then his nose actually like it's a they came up with a disease that like, actually turns like you a into gremlin. a goblin. Yeah, like he does. Yeah, it's it's silly. Um, but I prefer this. I think to dies. yeah, I think one dies. I prefer this to the lizard, where it's just a brilliant guy who turns into who, who takes a serum and goes crazy, and and loses his mind. Here, there's at least a human element to it. this. Kid wants to stay alive. He's got this terminal, you know, illness, and he's he's going I to get, die. I he's got that. a death sentence, and. I'm saying it's not great. It's not well, great it, at it all. Wasn't, it's not it good. wasn't good, but I, I mean, I'll give it. It wasn't boring. I was just so the first film was so just boring. Yeah, I, think, I never thought they could make the lizard boring, but they did. It just they really did. This at least wasn't boring. Um, if only because I was cursing under my breath that we had returned to the over the top villainy of Schumacher for uh, for Rhino and for Electro, and even I read an interview last night with uh, Paul Giamatti, who plays Rhino, and says this was. He really enjoyed going over the top with it and really looked at it as a chance to go over the top. And I was like, great, we're back to going over the top with the I feel like part of it has to be the actors love doing it. You know, like... Oh, sure, it's fun. I'm sure it's great fun to ham it up on the stage, but... Because there... Here's a question, too, though. Like, this is a very high-budgeted film, I'm assuming. Yeah. How could they not get... Jamie uh, Jamie Foxx's yeah, those are all great actors. These are act- Jamie Foxx is an Academy Award they, winner, and Paul Giamatti. He's supposed is- to have he's supposed to have a gap between his teeth, and it's so obvious that they just penciled in the, the uh, his tooth with like the black marker, like the old stage trick yeah. before he turns into Electro. And it's just like, and so on top of that, there's that element of like this cheap uh, makeup element coupled with Jamie Foxx's like over the top acting then just maybe like what is going on with this movie? i would for electro i would blame the script more um they give him some really hammy kind of lines and i, th- and I think they're, they're being intentionally camp there and uh, in terms of paul giamatti the going over the top thing i think that's their reference point isn't the modern comics we've been reading it's the 60s stuff and yeah. they're they're looking at that and how heightened that is the Paul Giamatti one, I I liked. Actually, I thought he was pretty good. Like he was, he was, Harmless, he was just like a yeah, uh, like a like a spice. He wasn't in the movie a ton, 
just in the beginning. No, not at all. In fact, at some point, I thought, "Oh, this is another plotline they've cut out of the film because yeah. they cut the an entire Mary Jane Watson plotline in this film. They cut out uh, just this like in the first the, film. There was an entire plotline with that doctor that they cut out. This was actually, I think, the Rhino is a really good example. This is the thing that we've been clamoring for for a while. That you know, you don't have to make the the villains." You know, the, the primary villain and like a lieutenant, you could just have a cameo villain. Right. I just to establish the larger world of Spider-Man and just have him in. Right. Uh, usually we mentioned like in the, you know, the opening credits, have him fighting Rhino. I've, I've heard that a million times since the Raimi films. And now we're actually you know, doing I that. Thought it was, I thought the usage in terms of time and what you're saying was perfect. I just hated the over-the-topness and I hated the mecha suit and I hated all that stuff. But um, I do find it interesting that they they keep shooting the, or writing these films and then – Large swaths are cut out. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and this one, it didn't serve, suffer like the first one. We talked about, the, I remember talking yes. about the first one where we know, you could tell a lot of lizard plot lines stuff. just suddenly disappeared and never returned. Whereas this part, you, you had no idea that there was a, they shot they, and cast Mary Jane Watson and she was in the movie and completely cut out of it. And, and at first, I thought Rhino was going to be like that because he, he shows up in the beginning and then he shows up at the end, which is great in hindsight. But during the film, I kept thinking, wow, did they just chop all Rhino out of this movie? Which and I wouldn't have thought that if it hadn't been for the first film. So that just sort of bugged me a bit. I want to but, talk a little bit about Gwen because um, you have that. It's sort of you know with you know modern sensibilities. You know, talk about you know fridging the girlfriend and everything. That's a that's a problematic thing. I really like the way they handled it. If they were going to go that route and have Gwen die. Um, she has to die in the story, though. It's well, um, she has to. Gwen has to die in order to push Peter forward. Yeah, I mean, it's but, sometimes the girlfriend has to die in the story. Just it, you know, that's the way it goes because the story is about the hero. And uh, a lot of people would say that that's like an archaic notion to to well, continue doing that. But it is part of it's part of the mythology. And what I do like about the way they handled it is that it's her choice. She, you know, she goes after the situation. And if it weren't for Gwen, you know. Peter and the whole city would be doomed because she comes up with all the, the solutions to a bunch of the science problems right. and figures out, you know, charging up the, um, the web shooters. And she's the one who knows. I mean, it's kind of it's kind of, you know, a reach that she, I've seen the schematics. I know exactly how the electrical grid works, but <laughs> fine. She's a scientist. <clears throat> I yeah. like that. And she she had works her, there. She works at Oscorp. I, I buy that. I like that. She had her own plot about I can move. I can go to England. I'm, I'm going to go to Oxford. And, you know, I'm number one in Midtown High. You're number two. I like that dynamic. And mm-hmm. I also liked they get to a point where Peter's willing to give up, you know, being Spider-Man in New York City and go follow her in, in, in London. And it's not a thing like, don't leave. And she decides to stay just for him. I right. like that he was going to go with her. So that's a good, that's, that's a good, you know, modernization of the sort of problematic damsel in distress kind of thing. Um, Which, I like, I think, you're, I think Connor's right in that they were just... She had to die in the way that they were that story was going, especially with like her going to England and stuff. I just there's no way I was sitting in the theater thinking that she's not gonna die at the end of this movie. And then he also he needs that extra layer of guilt on top of everything else. That's what's always driven him is Ben and Gwen. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And he needs it. And I thought that was it was good that they they had her die in a similar way to the comics, but then I thought it was bad that they didn't show the second part, which is always part of the story, which was that he takes his anger out on Green Goblin in a way that scares him. That was always the second half of that is that he loses control for a moment and that's always haunted him too. And now, mm-hmm. you know, I just, we just never got that moment. The Green Goblin's just never seen again until he's in prison. And uh, I thought that was a waste as well. But 
And I don't. Y'all just, you know, just feel like y'all were just waiting for her to die by the end of it. No, like, y'all didn't feel like it was just. It was very telegraphed. Maybe that's also because I'm well aware of the Gwen Stacy storyline, but I imagine a quite a number of people are. Yeah. Um, I I knew it going in. I I'd, I'd heard that that's what happens, so I was I was prepared for it. So. I, I can't really judge whether I knew or not it was telegraphed. And plus, you know, the, the green coat and everything. And so I guess you could assume that, you know, they're, they're going to do a fake out. On Which the they bridge. did in the, in the Raimi films. Right. Um, they did the fake out. So I, I just I, – I also assumed – I didn't know. I just assumed she would but didn't – I also didn't feel like I was just waiting for it to happen. Um, I thought the mechanic of the, – the, the set piece of when it actually happened was done very well. Like that, that he keeps lose, he keeps cutting and he keeps having to re-flip his web and catch her again. Yeah. I thought that was a really well done version of that as opposed to having her thrown off a bridge and him accidentally breaking her neck, you know? It was very, yeah. it was very, it was very effective for me because I felt sort of sick to my stomach because I really liked that character. Yeah, and I and I like both of those characters, and I don't want to see either of them go through that. And I had sort of a like red wedding kind of feeling, like this this impending you know doom. This, this yeah. uh, as someone who I think she's the only character I I really liked. I think she's the only character I really liked. So when I I was like, <laughs> I think this is the the only reason why I see these movies probably is because I do like Emma Stone. So this is probably not. You want to be Spider Man. You want you you want to go <laughs> in and you want to be the new Spider Man. That's, that's what it is. Sending this. Sony pictures, uh, my headshot and resume for the past twenty years. Um, you don't like Sally Field as Aunt May? I do like Sally. Okay, scene. I do like Sally Field as Aunt May. I thought I think she's fine. I think, I think they have good. a wonderful relationship, the two of them. She had a, a great moment, uh, great scenes to, to shine in this, where she sort of got sort of short shrift in the first one. It was all about Uncle Ben. Yeah. And I like her more than old, super old Aunt May from the Raimi films, definitely. Right. Um, just because she has, yeah, she has more of a character to her. So the only um, thing you do like is Emma Stone in these films. The only thing I like is Emma Stone, and I guess Aunt May is okay. I just, I think it's, I don't know, guys. I, I'm so, I was so expected to come here, and I was so excited. I'm like, oh my god, this movie was terrible. Everyone's gonna hate it. We're gonna have such a blast, ripping it apart. And now I feel like <laughs> I'm the odd man at YouTube. No, I, I think you're in the majority. Life. And that Maybe, was the thing. You know, I, th- I think actually I'm in the majority. It's looking at the, the reviews are very sort of all over the map. Mm-hmm. So as, as me, the being the average of the two of you. Yeah, you are average. I didn't. I did enjoy it. I like. I. I didn't come out of it like the first one. Yeah, you know, I did. Part I did, of it on yeah. the on the balance, I enjoyed it, but I, there was a lot of things about it I did not like. Part of it was I had such low expectations going in. Like it was like I'm going to the dentist. I had those expectations. Well. And like, like my expectations in line getting tickets lower. <laughs> so I was like, as it's as it as the movie is progressing, I was like, wait a minute, I'm enjoying myself. Like I, <laughs> this is fun, and and that's the thing. I don't think it's I don't think it's a great five star film. I'm just no. saying I enjoyed it. I well, found a lot turn, to like. Up until Jimmy Fox falls into that vat. Okay. Was, oh, I can like, I talk? Can we talk one? I was thing? like, oh, this is really my other favorite. One, quite good. There's just some nitpicky things that I think I couldn't get past. Okay? That's fine. And and they happen like it's one they thing. Involve it's, you like, not being cast as Spider Man. <laughs> that's the number one. Okay. And I kept checking my phone throughout the theater to keep see if I got some sort of message. Or maybe you were going to look at screen and see yourself and go, oh, I forgot I shot this film. <laughs> um, exactly. But I think like if, if something nitpicky happens, it's stupid in a movie, that, but you're enjoying it. It's just like one thing. It's so yeah. easy to look past it. But for me, with this film, it seemed like every five minutes, something weird would happen that would kind of like be like, what? 
So, like, for instance, the scene where he's fixing the electricity and he radios that guy. He goes, hey, can you turn off the thing? And the guy goes, nope, out the door. Sorry. <laughs> There's right. nobody else working in this giant corporation. It's just lazy writing. Alistair like Smythe is a dick. <laughs> I kind of like it. Why do I, I have to that, say that, everything that, gets to leave? It's my birthday. That like, was all special. wrapped up in the, in the Schumacher and stuff. I thought all the villain stuff was very... Yeah, I think you're right. It's just came into. I thought once anything not involving them was great, and uh, you know, it's tough. But they went they went big on those villains. Yeah, the the one the one that I thought was going to be the turn for me, where I was like, oh, maybe this isn't as good as I'm thinking it is, is um the deathbed scene with Dane DeHaan and and Chris Cooper, and he breaks out the the, like goblin gloves, like with the. With the nails, and I was like, I "Come on!" The, the line, the line for that was like, uh, "You like Chris Cooper says to Dane Duhan, is that you say his last Duhan? Duhan, whatever." Uh, Chris Cooper says to him, "Like you threw me away," and then Dane goes, "No, you threw me away." <laughs> I you think me to boarding school. I, they knew what they were doing in that scene. It's it's supposed to be kind of heightened and, and no, campy. And, and, things, and, I can't blame the actors too much. It seems like. The way it's written is it's it's lazy writing. It's like it's writing that you would do for to make fun of mel- overly melodramatic scenes. I got I, you. Um, I I like I like Dane DeHaan though. I think he's a really good actor. Um, and I and I like that sort of just I I like I'm I think he's killed an escort in his life, but <laughs> like I, I think he's a crazy person and 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 that works for me when he's playing a character. So you want like you want to put that out there publicly and chastise the crazy person? So now, Paul, if, we, if I have an officer call your house soon, uh, there's a reason <laughs> Here, for it. Here's what I'm worried about now. It's you know the success of Marvel means everyone's now trying to ape that and do sure. their shared shared universe. The only thing Sony has is Spider Man, so they're going to try to do a Spider Man shared universe with villain films and they want to do a superior or sinister six movie with these villains and the ones that were teased vulture and octopus dr octopus and they were teased in the the lab at oscorp in this film and I was Rhino take... still on the table because the i mean the insinuation is that i assume gets... he's always in and out of prison okay <laughs> um, but like the suit like they it, the whole thing is the costume yeah, or they, the, the, they have they one armor suit they can fix it someone can build it but I, I can't sit through two and a half hours of these villains. Maybe that's going to be the thing. When he shows up in Sinister Six, he has to wear like a Halloween store like it's rhino like, costume just, instead of the robot suit. I can't, <laughs> I can't sit through two hours of these guys being this campy. Um, I, don't so know how you do, there, I don't even know how you do a film based on uh, these villains. Yeah. Was there uh, like a – there was like a secret uh, – there was a scene at the end that you had to – was there a special no. scene? Oh, no. There's a, there's a thing, yeah, where if you – get this app and you uh, oh right it's like that shazam <laughs> thing so like you have to yeah, right if you, shazam. if you use shazam i didn't do i forgot about I, that there there was the x-men trailer yeah oh, that's in, what you saw in the middle of it in the middle of the credits and then i didn't need you, that because i just saw an x-men trailer before the movie started so it was like right i didn't even make it that far to the i got out of there as soon as as soon as I, 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 as I was walking out of the theater the screenwriters names were coming up on the on the screen because i I mean, I thought about sticking around to see if the one scene I did as Spider-Man was going to be at the end of the credits, but uh, <laughs> so mad. I just who? What voicemail is he going to listen to at the end of the third movie? I kind right. of, lo- I kind of love that as a framing device that he listens to an inspirational thing that he missed. There's a missed connection, and then he gets to listen to it over again in new context, and 
a new call to adventure. And no, but, but, the, but the big thing is I was so let down. I, I, I promised I wasn't going to talk about that movie from last year, but I, the thing is, the thing is, <laughs> you can't help it. The reason, can't help it. The re- I'm not going to say it. I'm not going to say it. The I don't re- know. I don't know what you're talking. I can't have a conversation. Let me say it and you'll talk. understand the reason, the, one of the reasons that I'm willing, I'm going to, maybe I'm an apologist for a lot of the bad things in this movie or the shoddy things. Is and that for a Dane killing an escort. There's such a there's such a great heart to this, and I and it's and I love that theme of you know live heroically, and it you know that's that, there's no other way to live right and oh man of steel the, you're talking about man of steel the spider stands for hope, and that works <laughs> um, in this movie. So I mean I I'm all in for a third one if you know a- Andrew Garfield I'll take him all day as Spider Man so I agree I'm all in for that it's um, just. I'm not going to be excited for it. Like, I wasn't excited to walk into this one, but as soon as it started, in the first 30 minutes or so, was, I thought it was really great. So what do you think their plan is going to be? So it's going to be a villain, it's going to do Amazing Spider-Man 3 and then have, like, a, a villains film? And then probably about Venom? I'm talking about doing a Venom. Like, they're just, I mean, yeah. there's no one left in that I mean, world. I'm curious to see what they're going to do because they, they set up Felicia Hardy. You know what I would love to do? She had, I would, no, she had charisma on the screen, so... Wait, what? Felicia Hardy was in the, one of these movies. That was the Felicia. assistant. Fel- yeah. Oh my Felicity god. Felicity Jones. Um, I didn't even realize. Yeah, she said her name was Felicia. She made no. She made no. <laughs> she made no impact on Timmy. I mean, she was. She was. She had, she had I, no curse. Dane goes, "What's your name?" And she said Felicia. And I remember thinking to myself, "What a weird name to give Felicia a character." Felicia Hardy. Man. <laughs> yeah, I I missed that completely. Uh, and the guy, the shadowy figure at the end, fears. Is that that's a character? Is that a character? In the comics, that, it's been a while. That's Still a blind spot for me. It must be must be one. But uh, I was racking my brain. I was expecting him to walk into the room and take off his hat and be like, um, I don't know, someone important. Well, that's I their really Nick Fury. Back. You know, I really thought we'd see Norman Osborn again for some reason. Mm-hmm. Well, wait, we he did. dies off screen. We don't, you know, there right. wasn't a body. So I don't um, know. I think I, at the end of the day, I, I I enjoyed it way more than the first one. I think there's a lot of good things here. I think there's a lot of bad things here to be worried about. Um, you know, I think there, there's a big question mark for for Amazing Spider-Man three. You don't have you know, and for Timmy, that's the only thing that he liked about this one. <laughs> there's there isn't going to be a Gwen Stacy unless we see Ghost Gwen Stacy with just Ghost glowering, just standing, <laughs> both and of and them and together, and just judging Aiden Christensen. If 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 God. if Amazing Spider Man three because is Felicia Harding I'd go see it Clark Hardy I'd see that Felicia Felicia Harding it's not voice. Tanya Harding it's yeah it's Felicia, <laughs> Felicia Harding Hardy. Uh, <laughs> Timmy's from I, Texas uh, forgive him do you, um do you, another part that like just made me laugh and laugh <laughs> is whenever uh, they're in the they're having the Times Square fight yeah and uh, it's these close ups on uh, Jamie Foxx's face and this weird like. I, I couldn't tell if it's a song that's playing or it's supposed to be his thoughts that it's running through his head, but it's, it's like, he doesn't like me. He doesn't like me. What is it? My life is sucker. The, you know the score is very weird. There's this, like, this there's a Max the Dillon theme. This is one of the, I think one of the worst like comic book scores I've heard. Like every time something emotional happened, then you heard that. I feel like this part of the movie was like a score to Six Feet Under and not Spider Man. I'm glad you. I'm glad you mentioned that because that is one of the things that was really problematic for me in the movie was that the score was very odd. Um, 
thought they were tr- they it, it's weird because I think they were trying to do something different and that's a it's a very odd scoring choice it's like a like a comedy like dump the dump the dumb Max Dillon choice for mm-hmm. the Times Square scene but then also the Spider-Man theme like when we see Spider-Man mm-hmm. it's there it seems like they're really riffing on like a John Williams kind of Superman score but but not that so it's like a knockoff version and yeah. it just it didn't feel it didn't feel special. It just it felt like we need a score that somebody hasn't done yet, but we needed to sound just like the Superman score. And so the score was a weak point for me. I also you know don't, what I'm I, talking about though, where he's like yes. there's that weird chanting. Mm-hmm. Like what was that? He's was a that crazy supposed person. to be? Ugh, that's not a good <laughs> enough justification. <laughs> the Gustav Fires is a character called the Gentleman who's appeared only in a series of Sinister Six novels. Oh, okay. Oh. <laughs> Who wrote those novels? I don't know. I just I'm, so he's like the guy. He's the go-between, and I'm furiously googling while you guys talk. But okay. Yeah, that's, that's um, the other thing, I don't think the prologue needed to be there. No, well, yeah. that's the other thing. I think. Do y'all care about this whole mystery? No, no. Parents, I In find fact, it a, so it's, underwhelming. It's it's not a good idea. It's to to steal a phrase currently in comics. It's the original sin of this film is of this film series is that they had to make Spider-Man's origin into some sort of conspiracy. And only he could have been Spider-Man because of his DNA. And that we've talked about, we, we actually just talked about this on the podcast uh, this week, which you'll either hear Didn't after we? this or you'll hear, yeah, about how it takes away from Spider-Man's origin of the everyman when you, oh, you yeah, tinker yeah. with it. Yeah, yeah. And that was all over the first film. That I was actually surprised at how little it was in this film. It, it could have very easily been removed and never been dealt with. And yeah, it, I was... it made no impact on this film whatsoever. It was a waste of time. This is a long movie. You could have easily cut the prologue and cut the middle train section out and and be fine with it. Yeah, it you know. was it was like two and a half hours. It felt like it's yeah, it's I think it's two twenty. Yeah, I actually took that train scene out opportunity to run out to the bathroom because I had had three beers at the <laughs> at the movie bar. But okay, so um, that I think also I, can we talk about this real quick? Because Connor, I I left the movie theater and I and you had told me you're going to a theater that serves beer, and I said, here's a tip. Drink a bunch and <laughs> then watch the movie. And then you text Paul and I saying you had three beers. Could could it be that you were getting slightly inebriated as the film was going on, therefore heightening your enjoyment of it? Whereas I watched it at one in the afternoon. I on, watched it two in the afternoon. On half a cup. I had half a cup of coffee in me <laughs> after a very, I had a very late night last night. I had a night, beer. I had a, running a out, beer. working on some sides uh, that I took from uh, Craven's Last Hunt that I was going to prepare for an audition. <laughs> <laughs> so I was very sleepy. So what you were saying is you were tired, hungover, and hungry, and that could have made you angrier, whereas I was drunk and happy, and that could have well, made you, me happier. That absolutely. Your, that's your theory. I mean, didn't, you, didn't you hate Avengers too when you first saw it? No, I didn't hate Avengers. You just didn't time. like it. I thought the first, and I still feel this way to this day, I still think Avengers is a fun movie and I enjoy it, but I think the first third of it is not very well done. Okay. But I think once the movie gets going, it's a good time. But when the movie when the, first, when the movie was happening in the theater, I remember thinking, oh my God, they, they, they tricked us all. This is a bad movie. <laughs> <laughs> they fooled us all. Um, but then I, I, so I came out of Avengers not exactly being like super glowing because I remembered in the beginning that I didn't like. And I feel like I forgot about that. Because you don't, this is your first iFanboy movie podcast. And people may not know. Uh, give people some context. What is your favorite of the modern day superhero films? I think so we, we I know think if you're I, faced a suspect or okay. not. Iron Man is probably will always be my favorite one. The mm-hmm. first Iron Man film. 
I think that's the that's the that is the equivalent. Uh, all the things I think should be in comic book movies. It's fun. It's smart. It does things that that other comic book movies weren't doing. I feel like, and I feel like it took a weird character and breathed life. In, it took a character I didn't like and breathed um, life into him. Yeah. And made me like it. There was a big surprise factor for that because we had no idea what to expect. And then, oh my God, Absolutely. this is yeah. really, it was, it was like an unknown property. Right, how far are we going back when we're saying modern superhero movies? Because the Phantom forward. count? Okay. No. What no. about, what about The Shadow? It was 96. No. What about, okay. That was the best superhero movie with Jonathan Winters. And Jonathan <laughs> Winters is not to be underestimated. <laughs> Anyways. All right. So Iron Man. Okay. So what that's about What about Spawn? Can you say Spawn? <laughs> no. We definitely. No, so Spider Man. I think the I think the reason why this discussion is all over the place is because this movie is kind of all over the place. It is, and there's a, there's a lot of things to uh, Timmy's opinion aside, and there's a lot of things to like and to dislike. So you kind of bounce all over. I, I remember walking back at, to to work after my meeting, uh, seeing this food movie, and uh, someone asked me how it was, and I I just I was like, ah, there was some really good things and. There was some things that were really bad. There was two movies, I think. Two, yeah, movies, it's a, two, two kind of movies in here. I'm glad that I don't have to write a review for this because yeah, I wouldn't know, I wouldn't wouldn't know, know how to approach it. It's it's my my likes for it are very subjective. Um but I do know that I liked I don't know I don't know that I could recommend it to everybody in the way that I would recommend, you know, the Captain America movie, which right. um I was I think I was the most lukewarm about that because you guys really, really loved it. Um, since then, seeing it a second time, I, I liked it even more the second time. So, and I think that's a big thing with with this movie is that it's so different than the priorities of the Marvel Studios movies, and especially Winter Soldier. Um, right. So, it's a very different flavor, and it's not nearly as consistent. But there are things that I like about it whole heaps. So, I so so far, I'm really enjoying this comic book movie season this year. Yeah, in comparison to um, last year. And here's and here's a caveat for those that are. Screaming into their iPods, saying to it, Timmy Wood, I thought you were a man of the people and have, were, was a fun person that saw the beauty in things. I, I've kind of, me personally, like I still haven't even seen Thor 2 or Cap 2. And I've, uh-huh. I've just been kind of on the, like, when it comes to any type of superhero stuff lately, the past like year, I've just been kind of like very ambivalent towards. So maybe that is also part of my mindset that I walked in this movie and then nothing surprisingly happened in it. And I was like, yeah, I feel like I've seen all this before and it's kind of why. I don't think you have to make any apologies for not liking this movie. Don't apologize for your opinion. No, no, no. I'm not apologizing for it. I'm just letting people know where I am at in this world right now. Okay. (laughs) I'm not going to (laughs) apologize for thinking this is a piece of shit movie, guys. Come on. (laughs) You should go. You you should go check out those two movies, though, because uh, both of us like those a lot. Yeah, I I, I really do want to see the second Captain America film because I did like the first one, and I like um, the storyline. Best Marvel movie. Yeah, Yeah. the best one. All right. Okay. We'll see so, what happens when Guardians of the Galaxy comes out, though. <laughs> so I'm very have, excited. Okay, I'm very excited about Guardians of the Galaxy. Let me just put that out there. So maybe we'll have you back for that one, Timmy. Maybe you'll be I, brought, I, out, of, I brought sent, out of... You uh, play your cards right. I sent uh, them my headshot to play Groot, and I think I filmed some green, scenes, green screen stuff in my own uh, apartment. I emailed them the footage. I expect it all to all be in the film, so I'm very excited to see myself in that movie. Too wooden. Maybe you'll be, you'll be Don't a, call us. We'll out call of you. movie podcast probation by the time that, that comes on. Um, yeah. uh, what probation? Mar- we got a very busy summer of films. Paul and I will be back next week 
talk to you about Son of Batman, the next DC Universe animated film. And then in a few weeks, there's going to be X-Men Days of Future Past, which you saw a trailer for if you sat through the, sat through the uh, credits, unlike Timmy. You're and, listening to this, uh, you've seen a trailer for it, unless you're outright avoiding it. But. So we'll see. That we'll, we'll be back for that in a couple of weeks. There'll be a lot of specials and podcasts for you uh, to listen to if you've seen the films. And all, as always, there is the weekly iFanboy Pick a Week podcast, which we talk about the week's books. Me and Paul and Josh Flanagan. So there's lots of content coming to you this month um, for my fanboy. In the meantime, go to fanboy.com. You can write in the comments about what you thought about the film. Did you like it? Did you hate it? Were you in the middle? We got all opinions here. <laughs> so I expect to not hear I fanboy blanked this movie. Hated love, whatever, <laughs> because there's no consensus on Spider-Man. No, as, much as, as much as Paul tried to make there be one. There is not. <laughs> we could well. The only consensus about this film is we all love Emma Stone as Gwen Stacy. That's literally, literally the only Jesus. thing we all three agree on. Somehow yes. Timmy hates Andrew Garfield. That's something we're going to have to discuss offline. <laughs> uh, I don't hate so, him. I just think you know. You just resent him because he just resents the role. He got the that, role. I just you know you. my mouth seethes when I when he comes on the screen. That's not. <laughs> so until next time, I'm Connor. I'm Paul, and I'd move to London for any of you. Um, I'm Timmy Wood. Uh, I'd make a great Spider-Man. When Andrew Garfield gets tired, I won't be too old. I, I've already shaved the beard, uh, so you give me a call. You can play Ben Riley. Spider-Man, Spider-Man, friendly neighborhood Spider-Man. Well, fame he's ignored. Action is his reward. Look out, here comes the spider Scene of a crime Like a streak of light He arrives just in time